Pittsburgh Steeler fans. Welcome to another episode of the Scobro Show. This is Behind the Steel Curtain editor Dave Schofield coming at you. It's Tuesday night. It's 9.05 p.m. You're a Steelers fan. Where else would you rather be other than, you know, celebrating a Steelers victory? And with me, as always, is my... No, it's not. It's not. I don't have Big Brosco here today. If you follow the show, if you know what's going on, you've heard last week... Rich is on vacation. Yeah, he's fishing. But I'm not here by myself. I am not. I've got someone else here to take the role of honorary Scobro. And as Rich said, guess what? He might have to, if he does a good job, he will have to be the permanent temporary Scobro is the way I think my brother put it. He'll, he, um, he might even be the, oh, and he is in the live chat tonight. So big bro Sco is here for it. But instead joining me tonight, we have state of the Steelers, Daniel J. Daniel, how's it going? Oh, I'm doing great. It's, uh, it's been a roller coaster of emotions the last couple of couple of days, so to speak, with what's been going on with the Pittsburgh Steelers. But I'm doing great. How about yourself? I am. I tell you what, I am. <laughs> I'm, I'm still living in what I said to Jeff Hartman in his living room on Sunday after the game, and that is, I would rather see the Steelers at one and three going forward with the excitement of Kenny Pickett than them at two and two and wondering week by week is Mitch Trubisky going to be able to inspire the offense enough to get a win, or when is the change going to be made? Um, it, it's kind of one of those deals. I remember several things in my life, many of which I won't share, but it's one of those things of, man, it, you're constantly asking yourself, should you or should you not? Should you or should you not? When you finally get around to where should you, you don't have to worry, answer the question anymore. Should the Steelers move to Kenny Pickett? Should they not? Should they? Should they not? The question's done. You don't have to ask the question anymore. So, do you kind of feel the same way? Do you kind of feel like a sense of relief that there's not that question hanging over it anymore? Oh, for sure, one hundred percent. I mean, it's been it's been a uh, like I said, almost like a roller coaster throughout each game. Each game has been close and frustrating on one side of the ball, and then it's flip flop and then gone side to side. And and the big question mark has always been when is Kenny Pickett coming in? Yeah. And you know. I, I thought Mr. Trubisky was doing okay and not enough to lose the game. I was extremely surprised when Kenny Pickett, you know, came out on the field. But I, I'll tell you what, I was wearing my Pat Fryermuth jersey. I ran straight to my closet, put on my Kenny Pickett <laughs> one, was in my living room jumping up and down. I couldn't – I was excited. Yeah, I might get in trouble for telling this story. But that's what happens when Jeff Hartman opens his door to me at, at his house, which unfortunately I'm going to complain a little bit. i got to go back to Jeff's house this week. I thought for sure the, the the that putrid purple team that I am in their home network plays Sunday night. So I'm like, here we go. Steelers, Bills, that's going to be 1 o'clock, CBS. I'm ready for it. And what do you know? The station that I get that is CBS is out of Washington. And guess who plays on CBS instead of Fox this week? Washington. Man, I am so frustrated. <laughs> but anyway, back at Jeff's. I'm, I, I want to see Jeff in different attire because apparently one Brian Anthony Davis already added a jersey to Jeff Hartman's collection. 
And Jeff's like, I'm not doing that until he plays. And then he plays. Uh, I love it. Um, that's just kind of one of those fun things as, as a fan. I want to bring up a couple things from the live chat that I noticed right away because I was looking for my brother to be in there. So I actually saw a couple things. First of all, we have Nate Van Slyke that says, Dave, I had such a great time at the game Sunday. You know what? I Yes, the Steelers lost. But if you really want to know the truth, I'll ask, well, I don't think you've been there when they've lost. Have you, Daniel? I have. My wife hasn't. Okay. So, me, but we will be going for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game. So I'm bringing oh. her along with me as well. Nice. <laughs> nice. Well, I wasn't sure. Well, now, now was this, have you been in a game where they lost since you got your season tickets? Or was that when you would go to games before that you've been there where they lost? No, it was before. The last That's game what that I, I witnessed. Yeah. The last game that I witnessed that they lost was the, uh, the debacle in, against the uh, Chargers, where oh, saying, the, the the false start penalty yeah. they didn't call, and exactly. the, the blocked field goal that they said they were offsides, and yeah, yeah. that that one. But I, I'm saying this, Nate. I don't know because maybe you can answer this as well, Daniel. To me, believe it or not, being surrounded by sixty thousand other Steelers fans dealing with a loss is a lot more comforting than watching it at home on my couch. Well, or on Jeff Hartman's couch this year. Um, agree or disagree? Uh, in in Acrisure, yes. I, I've been that same season. I was in New Orleans for the loss against the Saints, and I'd rather be at home for that loss. <laughs> Their oh. fans were rowdy. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the thing. I said when you're surrounded by 60,000 Steeler fans, I uh, don't think that was the case when you were there. So, no. I, I've been to one road game since I became a season ticket holder, and I don't ever want to do that again. And some people are like, oh, why not? It, it's just once once you get used to what was Heinz Field, what is now Acrisure Stadium, there's just nothing like it. it it's, it's just not the same anywhere else. Um, before we, we have a lot to cover. We're going to cover the news. The, the title of this podcast could be a little bit people like, wait, wait a second. Hold on. Trust me, it might not be what you're thinking. It's a different angle than what you might realize. I'm asking a question about Kenny Pickett that, believe it or not, doesn't actually really have much to do with Kenny Pickett. And you'll understand when we get there. Here's another one before I lose it. I just wanted to ask you because I saw this on Facebook. This is from Pedro. He says, hey, when are we going to address the man downfield? Because the Steelers got called for that. Have you noticed that that's been getting called not just against the Steelers. I mean, the Jets got called for it. I saw it called in another game um, last weekend, not this last weekend, but the one before. It seems like that must be a point of emphasis this year because I've seen those penalties called for things that I did not see in the past. Thoughts yeah, on that real quick? No, I agree 100%. I've seen it on both sides against the Steelers and their opponents. I was watching the uh, Buffalo Bills-Ravens game, and it was called in that game as well. I think there's been an emphasis on – on that penalty and also the delay of game penalty. Yeah. Like they're calling that right as it's, it's hidden zeros. And, and I'll be honest with you. I, I prefer it that way. Yeah. Yep. I, I, I know what you mean that if, I mean, if it's, if it really is, I mean, they have the set, the, the, whatever the 42nd clock, whenever the play ends for a reason, if you're always going to give them one more second, then just make it a 41 second clock. You know, so just, just, just do it. Just, but be consistent with it. Cause there have been times where I've seen teams that were like two seconds beyond and they did not throw the flag. And there are other ones, as soon as it hits zeros, they throw it. I just, what teams come to expect, you should do. If teams are used to having their guys, 
it, it's someone said it in the in the live chat. It's the RPOs with them with them downfield. I think this is a way where they're trying to keep those RPOs from where teams act like it's a run and they still pass and there's no penalty for it. I I, I think they're trying to rein it in a little bit. I don't know why. I guess it's just one of those things. Hey, if it's a rule, you might as well call it. But as long as it's enforced equally across the league and to all teams, I'm okay with it. But now teams have to adjust. It's kind of like this. I used to be part, I actually used to run it. I used to be the president um, of an adult basketball league. And we had actual high school officials come in and officiate our games. And we had a running clock. So even if there was a foul called, it's not like the clock stopped. And I said to the officials one time, why are you letting so much pushing and shoving and hacking go on? Call the fouls. And the guy says, if we called every foul, we'd be here all night. I'm like, well, first of all, you won't. It's a running clock. Second of all, if you start calling it, they are adults. They will adjust. And if you don't call it, they're just going to get rougher and rougher and rougher. So if the league's going to call these penalties, teams have to adjust. Agreed? For sure. For sure. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. So that's, that's two on the Steelers so far. Before we get into the news, I do have to say, do you realize what, what's the date today? It's today's the, the it's Tuesday, the fourth, correct? Yes, the fourth. We are almost exactly a year away from our first show together. Oh, really? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> then when I did the little um, what was it? Was it Scobro Roadshow? I think is what dad ended up calling it. When that's I great. was at a game, you were at the game first time I met you in person, did yes, a little man. shot after the game. What is it? It was like four or five minutes you were there um my, yeah, that, my son that, was there too but he wasn't in the shot right i'm trying to remember no. yeah um but yeah that that was fun so we're almost a year later and here you are part of the btsc network your own show state of the steelers that comes out on our audio platform on saturday mornings plus you have your own youtube channel where you have how many other shows do you have on there oh i don't have so answer that <laughs> on the youtube side i have I have three. I have two that are referenced to the Steelers, and then I have one that I do that has none completely completely opposite. It talks into UFOs, film actors, things of that nature. And so we have musicians there. But uh, I have two with the Steelers that are on um, one with Mark Davison, who's also mm-hmm. part of Behind the Steel Curtain, and then Nate Nathan Heinz. And we do something called the Unofficial Steelers Podcast that goes back and forth on on ours. And then I have mine, State of the Steelers. Has been doing fairly well. We just hit over a thousand subs a couple weeks ago. There you go. There you go. So um, as you say, part of the BTSC family, but as some of us are, they you guys have your have other stuff going on too, and, and that's great. Let's get to the news. Because yes, I know people are waiting for it. We're 10 minutes in. The news, Mike Tomlin had probably his longest press conference um, in season of the year so far. It was over 30 minutes. He didn't wait for the for for the question and answer. We knew it was coming. The report was out Monday night from Ian Rappaport that Kenny Pickett was going to be the starter. About an hour before the press conference, 45 minutes, the Steelers did their media release, which had the depth chart that had Kenny Pickett moved up to, to QB1. Coach Tomlin, he just said it. We're go, you know, we're going forward with Kenny. Lots of questions about it that came out later as well. Um, if you're curious about those, there's always my Players Mentioned article, which will be out at uh, 8.15 Pittsburgh time on Wednesday morning that has all the quotes in there from the questions about all the various players. But Coach Tomlin, I mean, he he was also asked, is this a week-to-week thing or or what's going on? And he's basically saying, well, we play everything week-to-week. We look to play this week to the next week. But we're not 
planning on blowing in the wind where we're going to, where we say we're going to answer this question each week. And so it's, it is until it's not. Do you think that's a fair assessment of the way you said it? Yes. And I think that if you also look back when, when Mitch Trubisky was announced the starter, he was also asked in a press conference if, you know, when, at what point did he feel that Mr. Trubisky won the job? And he said that was continual, meaning that that was a continuous thing happening week to week basis. And I think he answered it differently when it came to Kenny Pickett, it's subtly, but differently, meaning that, yeah, that things can happen and things can change, but it's, it's not, it's a little bit different in my opinion. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. I've, I've, I know what you mean. It's, but because there have been times, um, this is more you see it in college when they have two quarterbacks and they're like, "Hey, we'll, we'll announce who's starting each week um, just for that game." That's not what the their Steelers are saying at all. But it doesn't mean just because they're not they're saying that's the starter moving forward that things still couldn't change. Which that's life in the NFL. That, that really is. Hey, we've already got the $10 into the tip jar from Steel Dog 88. Thank you very much, Steel Dog. He says, this is hypothetical, but <laughs> got to love this. Right, here's your hypothetical. If Kenny plays well moving forward, can you see trading Trubisky before the trade deadline? Mitch looked like a hostage post game. I would be fine with Mason's QB2. What do you think, Daniel? I, I thought about this um, you know, earlier in this season that that could be an option that, you know, even Mitch Trubisky could have higher trade value at this point, based on what he's put on the, on film, it's probably not as high as it was then. Um, I don't think so. I don't think the Steelers are going to make that move. I think Trubisky's probably more of a fit for this offense. If Kenny goes down than, than Mason Rudolph, and uh, you know, he's a little bit more mobile and, 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 and moves well around in the pocket and it's probably maybe not as accurate down the field, but isn't that more of that uh, traditional style quarterback? So I feel that if Kenny, were, you know, something were to happen to Kenny, I think Mitch would be the best option. I don't see the Steelers moving away from him. To me, it's it's kind of like the whole Josh Dobbs situation when they traded him to Jacksonville. They weren't looking to trade Josh Dobbs, and honestly, in my opinion, they were not. But you pick up the phone. If anyone's really, really looking for something, and you want and because the Steelers don't have to have both those guys because chances are, if you have to then go back to, to Mitch or then to Mason and you would need all three, the, the season is probably not going any better than what it is right now. If <laughs> that makes any kind of sense. No, yeah. So to me, if somebody really wants one of those guys as a, as a one, or, you know, I guess Trubisky has, has two years left on his, on his deal this year, next year. That's a whole different story, but it's not like they're out shopping. That's why it's very hypothetical. It's one of those things you're not worried about going out and getting something now, but if somebody comes knocking um, and it's something that, that can bring value to you, you just you just go for it. So, all right. So, Coach Tomlin talked about some injuries. It's kind of – some people said that Akella Witherspoon has been ruled out for this week. I, I don't know that he's 100% ruled out, but – what Coach Tomlin said is don't anticipate on him being available again this week. So right. it's not that it's impossible, but in essence, he's ruled out. Coach right. Tomlin does that a lot where he tells you something without exactly telling you something, and you can imply it. But he doesn't – there's always room to wiggle with that. Um, but Akella Witherspoon looks like he's going to be out again this week. 
Man, I, I I have to report the PFF grades, and Levi Wallace had the lowest grade on the Steelers' defense this past week. Had a bit of a rough week. What do you feel about Noah Keller Witherspoon? I think that's that's huge. It's huge for this defense, defense that is hurting right now, especially in the backfield. Um, Mika Fitzpatrick has a knee injury that that Tomlin described as having to be managed throughout the week. You know, yeah. that, that means that there's he's not going to be in there a full participant. Um, mm-hmm. Cam Sutton had a growing, and now you add on to a hamstring on top of that. Uh, Levi Wallace, I, I thought he he didn't play his best game either. Uh, I would have thought Arthur Mollette had a worse grade than him, but they were both know, down there. It. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not Mollette surprised. Had a couple more redeeming plays, probably. Um, even though, think about it. Even though he uh, he didn't come up with that interception, it at least counted as a pass defense. When you think about it. So, but you're but but you went on with what I was going to say. What is concerning is you know you got the 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 Levi Wallace. It's not like Keller Witherspoon had been tearing it up either. But then you add on the Cam Sutton, you add on Minka Fitzpatrick might be I, – I look for Minka to be able to play, but I, he just might not practice much this week. And then you've got, the, to me, another one that I think is might be the most significant, um, assuming Minka's a little bit more having the possibility to play, and that's Terrell Edmonds being in the protocol, if he can move through that, especially with them implementing – I think the new things they're implementing with the protocol has to be playing in the game when things first happen. I haven't read, been able to read through everything that they're trying to change, but he, but bottom line is he's either going to be cleared to play and can play, or he's not cleared to play and should not play. Bottom line. But man, Terrell Edmonds, he had the highest grade on the Steelers defense this past week. And it kind of goes to show how much they missed him in that second half. Um, that's basically all four starters in the secondary in the base defense. How concerning is that? Oh man, that's that's extremely concerning, especially when you you're going up against a quarterback like Josh Allen that can extend the play and and run and is used as a runner quite often. You know, these guys are gonna if they're turned around in man coverage or whatnot and have to make a tackle on that man. You know, it's kind of like what Ben used to do to a bunch of the cornerbacks back in the day. Yeah, so, uh, it's going to be a it's going to be a tough battle. I mean, they got I know that the Buffalo Bills are dealing with some injuries at the wide receiver position as well. However, Stephon Diggs is going to be out there, and I don't think the Steelers have an answer for him in the cornerback position. They're going to have to they're going to definitely have to cover him. And you know, when the Steelers have done that, we, they have made a name out of an unknown receiver somewhere on the offense. Yeah. I know exactly what you mean. That uh, that all of a sudden someone you don't you don't expect or hadn't really heard of is like the guy. I know exactly what you're thinking. Well, but I can't remember his name now. He was the phenom for the, for for several weeks, uh, even though the Steelers won the game uh, when they played the Eagles two years ago. Yeah, I, you think it's not what you're thinking of? Yeah, yeah. Someone in the live chat, they'll, they'll they'll hook us up. What was the name of the receiver for the Eagles that just no one had ever heard of? It just went crazy against the Steelers. Although the Steelers did ultimately end up winning that game, didn't that? Yeah, because that was that was part of the eleven and zero season. Um, yeah, and and ooh, Hogan from the Patriots says uh, Pedro reminds me that's mm-hmm. another one that made his name against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, yeah. so it, it happens kind of often when when there's a big name that the Steelers have to take out. Dusk Thunder Nine got it. Um, a little bit misspelled. Someone else put it up there. Thank you, charmingly sophisticated. Also said it was Travis Fulgham. Yep. That's who it was. Yeah. 
someone people hadn't heard of that, that huge game against the Steelers. So I know exactly what you mean with that. So yeah, secondary banged up. Cam Hayward's dealing with with some injury and stuff, but you know he had his. Um, when, like I said, if 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 you don't like the PFF scores, I don't blame you at all because you just never quite know when they're getting it right. But but according to them, Cam had his best game of the season this past week. Not entirely sure um, if if that's completely accurate, but he he was up there. Whew. So that's a lot of banged up stuff on the on on the defense. And as Coach Tomlin said, when you're dealing with Josh Allen, you really want to be able to rush five against him. But you pretty much have to have two guys looking at Stefan Diggs. And unfortunately, they don't let you play with 13 people. <laughs> so he's like, we're already, he's like, we have we have mathematical issues that we have to overcome, is what Coach Tomlin was saying. That from a number standpoint, um, Buffalo is, is tough. And the Steelers are currently 14-point underdogs. They have we'll see if that line holds because they've never been 14-point underdogs before. Um, since they've started doing, um, doing the spread, I don't know what the year is when they go back to officially know what the spreads are, but the spreads are determined by what they were at kickoff. So that could fluctuate between now and then based on, based on things, but I don't know that it will. I don't know that it will. The biggest underdog the Steelers had ever been before this was in Super Bowl. I can't remember the Super Bowl number. I just know it was the 95 season uh, when they when they lost the Cowboys and they were the 13-and-a-half-point underdogs. But, uh, yeah, third, thank you. Um, that this is the biggest underdog that, that they've been. Now, they've been double-digit underdogs. They were twice last year both to the to the Chiefs, both in the playoffs and the regular season. So, But this is a big one. This is a tough one for them going forward. And – just to just to sum up the news, because I really want to talk about them going forward. The Steelers did make um, make two moves in regards to the practice squad today. They they undid the move they did last week, where they where they released their the the center uh, McCullum um, when they brought in Jordan Berry. So this week they released Jordan Berry um, and signed McCullum back. They also uh, got got um, released wide receiver um, Jaquari Robertson. He's been on and off the practice squad a couple times already. They brought in a safety Scott Nelson to the practice squad just because they you know they need more bodies in the secondary just in order to to practice and everything. I know some people might start to ask, oh well, what about Demonte KZ? Both Calvin Austin the third and Demonte KZ there are now officially can come off of IR and can open that twenty one day window. And Coach Tomlin didn't say we're starting the window for Calvin Austin, but he he said, well, well, we'll well that when that that window will open and we'll let the, the let his participation and and everything determine where we go from there. He basically said they are going to start the window. But with with KZ, with KZ is, is it's he, different. Yeah, isn't he still have a week left on he's, his suspension? He's got a week left in his suspension. I talked about that on the uh, on the Mike Tomlin post game podcast. I actually have it in my article tomorrow. That's the thing with KZ. So you get you don't even have that extra body for practice that they might have been able to squeeze one in with the guy coming back from IR um, to where to where you ha- had the extra guy, but th- they just had to go get some bodies. Um, so yeah, so that was the thing. Other people were already there about. Um, um, we're already saying that about KZ in the live chat. So, see, Steeler fans are on it, especially the ones that that, that are here joining us live. Those are some of these things that they they've got going for them. I'm trying to think if there's any other big news, or if we just want to get into talking about Kenny Pickett. 
<laughs> I think that's <laughs> the big news everybody wants to talk about or hear about. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, of course, a lot of our podcasts are going to be about Kenny Pickett, but this is something that I specifically wanted to bring up. And I want to ask you your opinion about it. And that is, I asked the question of, will Steelers fans see the same Kenny Pickett on Sunday? Now, when I ask that question, I'm not really asking it about, about will Kenny Pickett be the same? My question is this. And I kind of almost looked at this with Mitch Trubisky, and I've, I, I have this notion in my head that's been stuck there ever since 2019. And that is, do the Steelers sometimes have their quarterbacks that, that aren't named something that rhymes with Schmoffelsberger, so wound up about worried about turning the ball over and taking care of things that they basically – tie their hands and make them second guess things going forward. I I said to Jeff Hartman during the first half of the game, I said, the problem that I see with Mitch Trubisky, I said, I'm not willing right now to say it's definitely a half second, but it's at least a quarter of a second. He seems to be a, at least a quarter of a second indecisive on everything he does. Said, and it probably is a half second, but I just, you know, I wasn't, I was still wanting to give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. He seemed a quarter second to a half second late on everything, on the decision to throw, on to do this, on to do that. Almost, almost like it was a, a of a slight paralysis through analysis. Right. And the reason that this sticks out in my head, sorry if I'm going off in this a little bit. The reason this sticks out in my mind so much was you go back to 2019 and Ben Roethlisberger was out. Randy Feetner was both the quarterback coach and the offensive coordinator. And I remember in one specific press conference, and I couldn't, I, I couldn't go back and find it exactly because there were so many of them, um, that Mason Rudolph no less than three times mentioned about you know, and Coach Randy hammering it home about not turning the ball over. You know, I got to take care of the ball. I got to take care of the ball. He kept talking and going on and on about Coach Randy and saying about taking care of the ball. And I'm like, could you get any more in this kid in this kid's head? I mean, are, is is that an issue? Then I see Mitch Trubisky, who seems to process things slower. And maybe it's just Mitch Trubisky. I don't know him all that well. I didn't watch the Bears when he was there, and he barely played with Buffalo, and I'm not going to waste my time watching North Carolina football. So it's not like I've watched Mitch Trubisky a bunch to know if that's something that was common with him before the Steelers. But I'm like, do they have their quarterback so worried about taking care of the ball that they can't actually go out and be themselves? Because... Kenny Pickett comes into the game. He's coming in the middle of the game. He is not the starter. He's getting the opportunity. This is his chance to show what he can do. It's the infamous Dan Fouts. Last game of the season. Can't hold anything back, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, from the water boy. Although it's not the last game of the season. You know. Can't hold anything yeah. back. This is your chance. Don't hold anything back. Go for it. Have confidence in yourself to make the play and go for it. Do you have any concern that the Steelers are going to try to rein him in and keep him from just going for it? Um, no. <laughs> and I'll explain that. I'll explain I'm that gonna say, why. I'm going I'm to talk for five minutes and you're going to say, <laughs> no. Of course, I know there's an explanation coming. <laughs> yeah. No. So reason being is in the last couple of minutes of the game, 
uh, with with the lead, they kept the ball in Kenny's hands. Those were plays that were called. Yeah. Um, I think it depends on who the quarterback is. If you have a quarterback that has certain limitations, then, yeah, you're going to be harping it in. You're going to tell them, hey, don't do this, don't do that. I mean, you go back to Mason Rudolph back in the day, you know, when he was drafted, he didn't beat out um, – he didn't beat out Dobbs like Pickett beat out Mason. So there's two different things that are going on mm-hmm. there. And so I think that the Pittsburgh Steelers may have identified early on in Mason Rudolph's career is that he may not be a guy. He may be a career backup. I mean, the, the proof is in the pudding. When And there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> no, 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 nothing wrong with that at all. However, when when you know that and you know that there's certain limitations there, you're going to also limit the uh, the options that they have available to them. And when you have Kenny Pickett, who's you know shown some development – you know, beginning in training camp all the way through preseason and probably through practices and the coaches are there and and they see the the, the development that he's done. And and I believe even uh, Mike Tomlin mentioned in one of his press conferences was advanced development in stadiums, that progress that came to him. They were so pleased with him. I think they are going to let him go out there and do what he needs to do. Now, do I think there's going to be the same Kenny Pickett? Uh, I don't think so. And I'll I'll let you answer your side to it, and or if you want me to, it's up to you. Oh, no. Well, I'm, I was posing the question, and my thing is, I don't know that I have the answer. I, I want to believe your answer. Mm-hmm. But my thing is, when we go to watch this game on Sunday, if Kenny Pickett doesn't seem like he's, oh, wow, this isn't the same guy that was out there, you know, completing 10 of 13 passes to his own team and three of three to the other team, you know, not a pass hit the ground. Oh, and throwing the ball downfield and, 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 and throwing it into a t- I mean, uh, some of those, we have Jeffrey Bennett and I have a vertex coming out tomorrow. It's about uh, George Pickens game and seeing the difference of the passes coming to him in the first half, the second half and seeing those things. My thing is if you don't see the same Kenny Pickett, I don't think it has anything to do with Kenny Pickett. Well, maybe a little bit. I don't think it has the majority to do with Kenny Pickett. I think it has to do if the Steelers now said, oh, okay, now here's here's what we want you to do. You've, you know, we had, you had the three interceptions last game. We can't have those. You know, whether we can say the Hail Mary doesn't count, if we can say, hey, when the ball wouldn't have been caught by anyone until the receiver touched it and then it gets caught by someone else, sometimes that's just the way football goes. Right. But at the same time, should he've even thrown the throw in the first place? There, you could debate that a whole whole bunch. My my point is is Kenny Pickett might come out slightly different. He, you know what I mean? I this is what I mean. Hold on, a second. everybody else gets a little tight. That's what I'm talking about. You know, as Coach Tolan said, he could come out a little tight. He'd be a little tight. You know, that might be what's going on with Kenny Pickett. And that's all right. You know what? He might not come out tight at all because he does not seem to be that kind of guy. It's just a different mentality with him and Mitch. Have you heard the uh, what what Tomlin told Duck before he went out on the field against the Chargers? I know what he said afterwards, and that was (laughs) he didn't kill us. (laughs) <laughs> but what he said when he was going out on the field was let your hang. If yeah. he's saying those type of things to an undrafted quarterback, I don't think he's going to be too much in the head of, of this guy to, yes. uh, you know, go the opposite direction. This team is still in, in, in contention. They're only one game behind in the playoff ranks and uh, they need a spark. And this guy's delivering it. I don't think you put a, you put a prevent type of offense out there at this point yeah. or, or, or handcuff him. Yeah, exactly. But but my point is, 
there are already some people that are already down on Pickett. And I'm just like, wow, I don't know that you're ever going to be happy. Because if that's if that's the starting point for a rookie, you should expect it to just get better as it goes. Right? No, I agree. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger's first game in for the injured Tommy Maddox wasn't impressive either. No. It, it was probably, in my opinion, I think Kenny Pickett looked more poised and confident in this game versus Ben Roethlisberger in the first game he appeared. Now, what happens afterwards, it's, it's a, yeah. it's a, it could be a different story. But, I mean, the Steelers have lost three straight games. If you hear fans say it's a lot of different things. It's the quarterback play. It's the offense. It's the lack of running game. It's the, you know, but you hear opposite things sometimes. Like, I still think it was so funny that, that uh, after the game, I saw some people complaining that the Steelers – or saying the Steelers' offense only got going in the second half because they were running so much. And then somebody else turns around and says, the Steelers' offense, they abandoned the run too quickly in the second half. Which tells me they're probably right where they need to be in the middle. <laughs> if right. you think about it. If, you're, if someone's unhappy one way and someone's unhappy the other way. So, But a lot of people were saying, is it is it the coaches? Is it the players? What's the disconnect and everything else? To me, I'm saying if Kenny Pickett comes out and he just – I'm not talking about even necessarily production. I'm talking about – I don't know about you. I felt like he came in with a swagger, right? Because oh, yeah. that's oh, just who sure. he is. If he doesn't have the swagger, I don't think that's him. I think that's coming from – whether I don't know, like you said, probably not the head coach if he makes comments like that, or the coordinator, or things like that. It, it, you got to remember sometimes these guys are good cop, bad cop. Coach Tom says, Hey, go out there, let it all hang out. This is you. But then Coach Tom says, The offensive coordinator, hey, rein him in, make sure you take, make sure you make sure he's you're in his ear about take care of the ball, take care of the ball. So that way you're kind of getting a little bit of both. I'm just saying, I want to see the same Kenny Pickett. I want to see the same Kenny Pickett. And if we don't, then I'm going to get frustrated to feel like they were holding him back. Because if you're going to hold him back, why even go to him? Right. No, I agree. I agree 100%. Yeah. Uh, but with me, I think that if there's a possibility that – well, if you look back at uh, when Mason Rudolph came into the uh, the game last year against the uh, Detroit Lions, he had a tremendous amount of passing attempts in that game. Do you think that was because it was Mason Rudolph or that was the game plan and he was just so happy to be thrown in at the last second? Well, Kenny Pickett was thrown in during the middle of this game for Mitch Trubisky's game plan. So I think that there's a possibility the game plan is going to be completely different against the Buffalo Bills and mean more run emphasis to protect him. And that might be why we see a different Kenny Pickett. Yeah. It, it, and, and who's deciding that? Not Kenny Pickett. Well, that would be decided. Yeah, that would be the coach. Yeah. So my thing is if if you see a, a a huge difference in just the style and swagger of Kenny Pickett this week, that to me, that's a coaching coaching issue. If you see the same Kenny Pickett, that's when I'm going to say kudos, Steelers coaches, for doing what you need to do um to to, to get your players to perform the, the way they can perform. So I, I think this is going to and and being a former coach, I don't jump all over coaches. I, I really don't. It 
a lot of times you're in a no-win situation with a lot of stuff. You know, like I said, with the with the running in the in the second half, they ran too much. They didn't run enough. That's the life of an NFL coach. When things go great, they take you for granted. When things go wrong, it's always your fault. You know, that's how it's going to be. And I'll be honest with you, I sometimes get frustrated, you know. <sighs> Anything other than one extreme, one way or the other, and you're accused of being the other when it comes to the Steelers coaches, we'll say particularly head coach Mike Tomlin. If you if if you think Mike Tomlin does anything well, then the then the fire Tomlin crew is going to be after you of being an apologist. You're just a Tomlin apologist. What has he done for all this time? Blah, blah, blah. Then you've got the the Tomlin walks on water crew. That he is the he is the greatest coach this year. He's a Hall of Fame coach, never had a losing season, blah, blah, blah. And if you say anything critical about a decision along the way, you're just a Tomlin hater. You know what's really going on? The truth is somewhere in between. And I'm not saying exactly in between. Right. I think Coach Tomlin is a very good NFL coach. And I am a supporter of Coach Tomlin. But I'm also going to be critical when I think they don't do things right. I'm going to be critical when he when he calls a timeout with 50 seconds left rather than let the clock run. This is even in the first half. Rather than let the clock run down when you still have timeouts and rather than run your plays at the very end, like the Jets did this past week at the very end of the game, he'll call the timeout with tons of time left. And next thing you know, they score on the next play and you're allowing Jamar Chase get, to get a touchdown back on you like they did last year because they called the timeout through it. When, when you do those kind of things, I'm going to be critical. That does not move me from the Tomlin walks on water to the Tomlin needs to never coach again category. The right. truth is in the middle. And that is someone can be a very, very good coach and not get it right all the time. Where do you fall in there, Daniel? <laughs> oh, man. I, I, I'm probably somewhere in the middle. Um, I think that there are some things that Tomlin does, does that frustrates me. I think he can be a little bit stubborn. But it, it's also a formula for success, and it's been a winning formula for a while for him. So you, at the same time, you can't get too, too upset with the way, you know, some of his philosophies. However, you know, results also matter. And, and, you know, for the last decade or so, the playoff wins haven't been there and, yeah. and it needs to be addressed. I mean, that, it's that, not excusable. It's, it's exactly. not, you can't, you can't just sweep it under the rug. It, it, there's something. And that's why, sorry to interrupt. I'm going to let you go right back to it, but that's why on this show, one of the ones my brothers and I say often is, is we don't live in our fears unless it's the postseason, because it just <laughs> seems like what happens with Coach Tomlin in the postseason, it's very, very simple. Everybody else gets a little tight. <laughs> you know, that's what it seems like. I'm sorry. I'm going to play that sound clip all the time because I got it. So go ahead. Back to what you are saying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you look at some of the things that he's done um, postseason-wise or or even when you look at sometimes, I mean, they call them Tomlin games is where the, the team falls to a team they should win. Yeah. You know, they're not prepared, things of that nature. Um, I feel that, you know, he needs to be accountable for. But at the same yeah. token, when you look at the success of the other coaches in the NFL, he's up there with some of the best and he's a future Hall of Famer. Uh, you know, he hasn't had a losing season. And I think when you have a even if you have a Hall of Fame, you know, head coach, a losing season to get top draft capital to build your team should be, you know, 
there if not expected. I mean, you can't expect a team to be in contention and, and a Super Bowl player team every year. It's it's not feasible. If you if you expect that, then you're going to be highly disappointed. Yeah, and honestly, I've I've debunked this a lot of times on my stat geek. When it comes to Coach Tomlin, they're like, oh, they 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 lose games where they're favored to win. You know what? So does every NFL team. My goodness, look at look at all those years with the with the dynasty of the Patriots. They were never underdogs. Well, not never, but they were rarely underdogs. But they didn't go undefeated. Well, I mean, they did one year one during the regular season, but uh, other years they didn't. Do you want to know why? Because teams lose games when they're favored. And do you want to know what the Steelers also do? They win games when they're underdogs. Mm-hmm. They do. Yeah. That's the NFL. So you think, oh, the, you know, it's a bad loss. This Jets loss was a bad loss, but I, I've said it so many times since the, since the game. People are going to be here uh, tired of hearing it from me. Ten point lead in the fourth quarter. Pickett coming in, energizing the offense. Even when you know Minka almost pulls in that interception on the on the on the. I mean, he was close to the line of scrimmage. That would have been really. Really, he was, that ball was gunned at him when you think about yeah. it. But if he pulls that in, man, he's that, that's six points easy. And mm-hmm. I, I never thought about like, oh, that's not a big deal, man. If it, that would have been a big deal, because I never imagined that the Steelers were going to blow that ten point lead. It no, just I, never I seemed to, to 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 sink in. It was it was one of those games where I was watching it and I felt like, man, the Steelers got to control of this game. I was never worried about it, and then all of a sudden, I was like, are you kidding me? We, freaking lost yeah <laughs> it was one of those and it was like man we you know you got so high and so up there when it when kenny pickett comes in the emotions are rocking and then you lose it's it's you're sitting there feeling like man that feels like a tie <laughs> yeah yeah I, I know what you i know what you mean but uh it's not good and you're gonna look back at this loss and be like man i'll be honest with you i'm this isn't making an excuse or anything else i am not but I'm not going to be shocked to see the New York Jets win some more games this year. I don't think that the Jets are going to go on a huge losing streak and drop what have they got 13 games left and they're going to drop 11 of them. I, I don't unless they get more injury bugs or anything. I see that that team winning some more games and being in a lot of games. They've they've got a young team that, that's on the rise and they just need a little bit of confidence and to bring it together. And uh, and that that's just what it is. The, the loss might look bad right now. But the Steelers have had those losses that look bad when they lose them, and they don't look so bad at the end of the season based on how that team ends up turning out. I, the big one I, I come back to, oh, my goodness, when was that? It was a Landry Jones game against the Chiefs. The Chiefs were like one and five or something like that going into the game. And some people are like, oh, still let Land- just have Landry Jones start this game. They'll beat the Chiefs. Let Ben rest another week before he com- comes back. I'm like, no, you bring back Ben. What happens? They lose to that Chiefs team. That Chiefs team goes on and wins like all but one more of their games. You know, completely, you look at it completely different when the season's over. The way the injuries are are stacking up against them, that Patriots loss might look worse at the end of the season than what it even did at the time, just because of how that team ends up. That's the NFL. But what also comes to the Steelers, what if they get on a roll? Then somebody, you know, like the Browns, then that's a much more impressive win whenever you – if you look back and the Steelers end up with a good season. It, you're only as good as your next game. You're really only as good as your next game. 
but this is a tough one. This really is. This this is a tough one. Before we move on to this game, and we're going to get your score like we do with the with, with Big Bro, and we'll do the scores in in the in the live chat. There's been a lot of stuff about Kenny Pickett and people waffle. I've had some people come after me. You can't stand Kenny Pickett. You didn't want the Steelers to draft a, a quarterback. I'm like, no, I didn't want the Steelers to draft the the fourth or fifth best quarterback if the, if the top three were gone before they drafted at 20. Mm-hmm. Th- that didn't happen. The Steelers made a great pick based on how the draft played out. And they're like, oh, you wanted Kenny Pickett to be buried on the depth chart at number three. I did say the de- night he was drafted that if he wasn't one, it was okay if he was three because as long as he's learning, that's all right. What really matters is if he's playing or not. Right. But I wanted to play something for you real quick. I went back to say, what do you remember Jeff Hartman playing on the um on the on his let's ride where where they we had an audio of some of the staff from BTSC and their reaction as the pick came in and Jeff sitting there, not Kenny Piggott, not Kenny Piggott, not Kenny Piggott, <laughs> and it's Kenny Piggott. And he he since went on to say he's like he didn't want to deal with some people that were going to be upset about the pick because of the website. I want to play something for you that I said less than an hour after Kenny Pickett was drafted. This isn't me tooting my own horn or anything like that, but there's some people that keep saying, oh, you've been wanting to hold Kenny Pickett back. No, I haven't been surprised the Steelers have been holding Kenny Pickett back. But um, just just listen to this. The Steelers didn't necessarily have to have the right now guy, but now they do. This is going to be interesting. I'm not ruling out Kenny Pickett as being being the starter for the Steelers at some point this season, if not even early in the season. Wow. All right. And that's what Jeff had to say about that, because they weren't agreeing with that at the time, that they're like, oh, this is a redshirt year. And I'd have been fine if it was a redshirt year. But that's not how it played out. You, you got you, you always got to give the Steelers a chance to do the things the way that they do, whether it be someone needs some more development or somebody is ready to go. Do right. you often I mean, have, have faith in them? Go ahead. I mean, I'll be honest. I didn't want them to draft Kenny Pickett before they drafted him. I, I, I had said I didn't want him to draft a quarterback. My, my hopes was on the Steelers moving up for Kyle Hamilton. And Yeah, I, I wanted that one. I, I have to admit that, too. I thought <laughs> yeah, that would have been big. But they didn't even I, have Terrell Edmonds back at the time, did they? Because that was after the draft. I think they brought back Edmonds. Right, exactly. There was a big hole, and there was talks about, you know, the the, the safety position. And and I was, I was hoping that we'd do that. Or Jordan Davis was another one that I was hoping that the Pittsburgh Steelers would grab. And, you know, when it came down to the time and, and Jordan Davis and Kyle Hamilton were off the board, and the Steelers were picking a, up a quarterback. Kenny Pickett really didn't even cross my mind because, you know, it, I I listened to a lot of the talking heads, and I was in the Malik Willis train. And was, <laughs> so you were reading too much Andrew Wilbar, weren't you? <laughs> I was reading too much of a lot of things. And yeah. <laughs> and when 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 Kenny Pickett was drafted, I was like, well, all right. And you know, it wasn't until you see what he's actually able to do in a professional stadium that you're like, man this guy can be a guy. There are certain plays that he made in preseason. I went out there and saw him in training camp as well. And, you know, I saw his development. I thought he was, I thought he made some really good throws and pressure moments, especially in the red zone and in, um, in seven shots there in training camp. And, and then I saw his progression in preseason. And then in this game, he made a pass that looked very similar to the Pat Firemuth pass he made in Jacksonville, you know, guy coming down, 
throws it over the middle. And, you know, those things are just flashes and, and he, you know, he's getting up, he's got the, uh, the little bit of, you know, he's jocking back and forth with the player that just hit him on the ground. I, I love that. I love his, yeah. his energy and what he brings. And at the end of the day, does it matter what somebody thought of the pick as long as, hey, this guy's the best option for the Pittsburgh Steelers right now? Exactly. And it all comes down to this. I know we really need to get moving on with stuff, but it really comes down to something Coach Tomlin said today in his press conference, because it's, it, I think he alluded to it before, is, when the time is right, the time is right. You're you're going to know. And you can't predict when the time is right going to be, even for Coach Tom. But he he knew after week three that the time was not right to start Kenny Pickett. But he knew at halftime the time was right in week four. Mm-hmm. You know, you never know it until it's there. And for those people that were saying, Kenny Pickett's the most pro-ready quarterback in this class. Well, remember the class he was in. No one else went until the third round. Okay. He's already 24. You've got to play him this year. No, they didn't. And if things would have played out differently, you know, if 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 you get better play from, from all the offense, because Coach Tomlin specifically wanted to say today, I'm not putting this on the feet at Mitch Trubisky. Just the offense was not rolling and we needed something different. Um which which I which I completely get. If if things were going a little bit different, some people even say the live chat. If Mason Rudolph would have been the starter, maybe it's even even different. They might have won more games. You know, they might have been zero and four. They might have been two and two. They might have been three. You never know. You can play what if until you go crazy. The bottom line is, the Steelers weren't crazy for not playing Kenny Pickett. I said it before when they when they had their quote-unquote clerical error that if they would have started him at third on the depth chart, that wasn't crazy. There were people who thought that was, that was unthinkable, incomprehensible. I'm like, it's not. It's really not. It's really in what you can do to, to get his growth in the best place. And if you could keep from having to play Kenny Pickett and allow him to grow that's going to be better for him, then do it. But if now's the time and you're not hurting his growth, then now's the time, you know, and you're never going to know how those are until you're in those situations. You can try to plan on it. You can try to anticipate it. But I, I think most of us realized, you know, and, and I felt when people were calling for Kenny Pickett, I'm like, it's too soon. It's too soon. But when they did it, I'm like, you know, I, I think the time's right. I, I was, I was on my way there. The time was right. Do you, how, what do you think of the timing ultimately? I thought it should have been done to start the Jets game, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. I think that after the uh, the Browns game, there was a, a long week in preparation. I, I think that Kenny Pickett could have come out stronger in this game had he had a full week of preparation. You know, the announcers stated multiple times throughout the game that they didn't see this coming, that Kenny Pickett didn't get any reps or any of those things. Now, hold, hold on. I know that's what they said. And a lot of people wouldn't say that. But this is what I'm, I'm going to say. How much were the announcers really at practice that week? That's were true. they there every day for the whole practice? That's I true. don't think they were. Kenny Pickett was saying he didn't get any more reps than he normally did, but he didn't say that he didn't get reps. But just just to make sure people some because I've had to correct people in our in our stuff that they said Kenny Pickett got zero reps in practice all week. That's not the case either. But I understand what you're saying. He didn't get more reps than he would have otherwise. Go ahead. Right. There was no indication of him being the starter or things of that nature. And I felt that, you know, maybe you give him more reps if you're two quarters away from him coming in. Uh, But, you know, 
I was surprised. I didn't think it was going to happen, period. But, you know, I I thought it once it did happen and you saw the spark, I realized that it was the right moment and it was the right time for it to happen. And and it was and it was what needed to be done. And I think with this full week in preparation, we're going to get a good chance to get see what he's going to be able to do against a strong defense. It's a, it's a huge matchup for him coming up. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. Some people are like, oh, don't, no, go back. It's okay to go back to Mitch because, well, first of all, you're saying it's because it's the Bills. He knows him. But this is such a tough matchup. Do you really want to throw Kenny Pickett out there? You know what? Part of me is almost like, hey, Kenny, we're two touchdown underdogs. Let it hang out. Yeah. <laughs> If, the, if they take that approach, then I love that it's a game like this. Because you know what? What happens if he throws three interceptions and the Steelers lose by 30 points? It's not any different than if they would have lost by one. Right. But I'd rather them go for it and, and come up way short than not go for it and come up just short. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. So the fact that this is, in my opinion – I don't think they're going to be a 14-point underdog at any other point in the season unless things really go downhill. So to me, this is probably their most difficult game of the year. I agree. So I definitely agree. So there are things you can take away from this other than a victory, but I know the Steelers need to win. As Coach Tomlin says, our, um, our business is winning. We've got to get back to business. So, man, if, they could, if Kenny Pickett comes out and pulls this off. Oh, dude. <laughs> that's, oh, man. that's the perfect reaction oh dude <laughs> yeah that, really that would be awesome that, that would be yeah, that really is so this like is a the tough next one. yeah the next Akershore stadium game you're gonna see the kenny pickett you know with his finger out instead of ben on the side there the stadium that the yinzers put out there that sign it, it's gonna be amazing it's uh Man, if he ends up pulling this off, I mean, this could turn our season around completely, especially the uh, the outlook of it. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, the Steelers still haven't won a game without T.J. Watt ever since 2017. <laughs> I mean, I, I you, you hate saying that, but, uh, I mean, you knew one of those things was going to break going into this Jets game because the Steelers – I mean, what was it? Mike Tomlin had never lost a game – with extra prep time or, or something like that. But they've also never won a game without TJ Watt. One of them had to break. Unfortunately, it was the wrong one. Um, hey, they just got to go ahead. Yeah. We got to get rolling into these because I know there's a lot of people in the live chat tonight, so I really want to bring up their scores. What is your score prediction for this game? Now, I'm going to remind this to everyone, so don't enter in your score until I actually say that I want it in the live chat. But go ahead and load it up. If you don't put a team, then we assume that it's the Steelers that you have as the winning team. So, Daniel, what do you got? Well, I, I, I'm really concerned about this defense. And with that being said, I, I think that it's going to be very tough to to stop uh, um, Allen and the Bills consistently. I think they're going to put up 34 points. I think the Steelers are going to keep it close for a while. I think they're going to – well, actually, I think they're going to play kind of conservative early and have to play catch-up just because, you know, the rookie quarterback. But I'm going 34-24 Buffalo Bills in this game. Okay, so you're going 34-24. People already putting in scores. Guess what? I'm not bringing those up. Not going to do it. You're breaking the rules. But there. Now it's loading. Now I brought it up and people can can bring their scores. So you got 34-24. I will give my prediction on the preview like I normally do. And we will run through these scores real, real quick here to, to finish up. Man, 
um, people are ready. Okay. George tested. He was ready for it. He says, Pickett shows. Um, uh, bottom line is Steelers win 31 28, is what he says. Uh, Steel Dog 28 says 24 21. Steelers, Thomas Riley, 42 24 Bills. Um, Steelers, Pittsburgh, 20 to 17. That would be Steelers. Rod Neiser. I think I got that right. Bills, 35. Steelers, 13. <laughs> that's play pull zero. <laughs> oh, that's that that's funny. Um uh there we go. Uh let's see who we got. Uh Ber- um Bernardo Vasquez, Vasquez, sorry, uh Bills 31 to 17. Uh Robert Lucky, 20 to 10 Bills. I'll be honest with you, I this is one that I don't know. The Steelers are gonna have to score points to have any chance in this game, in, in my opinion. So yeah. But if they can hold the Bills' offense down, they really have a great chance to win this game. The Steelers either got to score a bunch of points or their defense is going to have to be unlike we've seen so far this year. Um, great 103. Now you put it in there when you're supposed to. Very good. Bills 38 to 20. Uh, Pedro, he's got 24 21 Steelers. Okay. Um, must be nuts. 48 6. That's got to be Steelers because it didn't put it didn't put a day down there. Um, um, Rob Thitoff or Thitoff, uh, sorry, Rob. Uh, Thirty-one seventeen Bills. Um, Christopher Eleven says, "Yeah, do you believe miracles?" Twenty-seven twenty-four Steelers. That 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 would. We might not have anything left of what I'm going to talk about as soon as we're done with scores here, and that is the Survivor League. I got to get an update on that. I forgot it last week um, because, especially with you being here, Daniel. Um, Mark Malone says 31 27 Steelers. Uh, Nate Vance Lake says going 30 to 21 Bills. Uh, Rico Parsons says 34 17 Steelers. Um, um, J- Jacob Heinrich says, My wife says Bills 27, Steelers 24. Uh, there you go. Steelers <laughs> just here for the food. Uh, good guys, 34. Mafia table jumpers, 31. Uh, with Boz hitting it. Uh, Claude Bishop says 28, 24, black and gold. Um, um, Occam's Ox gave us the uh, g- gave us the Clubber Lang prediction. Um, Payne, uh, Josh, Josh Parker says 27, 24 bills. Um, uh, Demetrios. 31-17 Bills. You know, and just because you pick the Bills to win doesn't mean, oh, you're a bad fan. You don't think they're going to win. No, there's a difference, but you don't think they can win. I think the Steelers can come out and win this game. The question is, will they? It's it's going to take a very, very, very slim margin of error to win this game. Wouldn't you say so, Daniel? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's going to take, it's going to take a lot, and it's going to be a yeah. total team effort, but um, yeah. the Steelers can do it. Yep. Um, George OTJ, 29-28 Steelers. No one you know, 31-17 Bills. Um, Sherry Richards says uh, 37-31 Bills. Um, Tyler W. says Steelers score 30, but he says 44-31. I don't know if he meant that was the Steelers with 31, but I'm assuming – let's say he says the Steelers go 44. I don't know. Um, Dusk Thunder 9 says 35-24 Bills. Um, and the picket's going to throw a lot of TDs. Um, Ryan Simon says 38-28 Bills. Devin Logan says 31-21 Bills. Um, Evan Giles says 30, or sorry, 42-38 Bills. Uh, James, we got a lot of people in here tonight. James Donovan says 23-21 Steelers. Um, he says the money line plus 600. I saw the money line of plus 800 when I did my, my betting preview. So 
Hmm. If you want to do that, get get on it at 800 rather than 600. Um, okay, um, Tyler W., he clarified that it was 20, uh, was, was Bills. The Steelers <laughs> go over 30, but it's there. Um, you know what? Jesus, I would take this. Um, he says 20 to 20 Steelers win. Well, that's not a win. But if it isn't, I, I'd take a 20 to 20 tie against the <laughs> Um, Michelle Tucker says 21-17 Steelers. Um uh Steelers Nation Australia, Marky D, Mika Fitzpatrick 24, Bills, nothing. Gotta love it. Well, <laughs> just to bring it up, we're we're oh, once again, we're over our time again this week. Sorry about that. But I've got to give Daniel props because we are now down to 16 contestants in the Survivor Football League. 16. From wow. 435 through four weeks down to 16. And it's not like there was a big mass people didn't enter their picks. Yeah, there was a there were some every week. But there's just been the upset. This past week, five, you know, um a quarter of the people picked the Steelers and they and and they got eliminated. There's been, you know, when Kansas City lost, that knocked out a bunch of people. There's 16 people left. You are the only person on BTSC staff that's still left. You are one of 16. You've got a chance at that Cam Hayward football. Wow. So, yes, it is is low. I'm worried that there's going to be a crazy game in there that everyone gets knocked out the same week and we have to start over with the the people that were left for that week. We'll we'll see how it goes. Um, I will say this. I almost lost twice. I had picked the – I had initially picked the Browns over the Falcons and then I changed it to Green Bay – before the game started, and, and I would almost—I mean, <laughs> that, yeah, <laughs> they were down to their third quarterback, and then New England still had a lead. That that would yeah. and took overtime. And just think, if they don't get that kick at the end and it ends in a tie, you're out. No, because yeah. there was people out week one when there was a tie. They picked the Colts, yeah. and the, it was a tie. So oh. hey, but it doesn't almost doesn't count in Survivor. <laughs> you're on. Story. You're I'm on. Still there. <laughs> so there's only two people left in 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 your specific league. Um, oh, wow. I think the most in any league is five. I think two of them have five. One has four. One has two, and one of them is done. So wow. that's the update for those of you wanting to know where it's coming. Daniel, for us to get out of here, why don't you go ahead and give any kind of final thoughts? Plug anything you want to plug, um, and just or, or where people can find you on social media or anything of that nature. Yeah, sure. I mean, I think it's going to be a great time for the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is a new era. This is, uh, you know, be happy, be excited. You know, this is optimism at its maximum. And you can find me on YouTube at State of the Steelers. Go look me up. I'm giving away actually two tickets to the uh, the Vegas Raiders and Steelers game to a subscriber. So go subscribe to me there. And um, yeah, man, I think the Steelers have a good chance to to turn this season around if Pickett and the Pittsburgh Steelers defense can. Um, you know, the offense and the defense can do something this weekend against the, uh, the bills, you know, things could turn around real quick, real quick. They're not, they're not done yet. Yeah. I mean, this would be a game that completely would turn the season around. It, it really would. But at the same time, you're still asking an awful lot for them to, to, to go in there and get this win, especially after doing it last year too. They're they're the, those bills have got to be like, ah, we don't like what happened last year. 
it's a tough one. It really is. But Daniel, thank you so much for joining me tonight. Hey, make sure you're checking out all uh, Behind the Steel Curtain podcast. If you're just checking out the stuff on YouTube, you're missing a lot of stuff, a lot of great audio content. We've got a Let's Ride coming out tomorrow morning from Jeff Hartman. Make sure you check that out. And a lot of other stuff that's going to be on there. You've got our normal lineup. We will be back with our, you know, the, the biggest change this week, be it a normal week, was no big bro on this show. Otherwise, we should be good. We should be rolling. Make sure you check out State of the Steelers podcast Saturday morning on Behind the Steel Curtain audio only network. Daniel, thanks for coming. Rich isn't here to send us out. So you know what we're going to have to do for, for, for next week? We're going to have to wait a little longer. We'll see you next time. 